everybody, Dean Castanova from Journey, and you're listening to Michael's Record Collection. You know what you got to do? You got to crank it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Michael Citro here, and you're listening to Michael's Record Collection, where we talk about great music with the people who make it and the people who love it. This is episode number 106, and I am delighted to bring you my interview with Journey drummer Dean Castronovo. You may recall that Dean has been, in addition to Journey, he was in Bad English. He has drummed with Ozzy Osbourne, played with just about everybody, and he's also in a band called Revolution Saints, where he's not only the drummer, but also the lead singer. And it is a very good band. It's just undergone some changes. I'm going to tell you all about that and about their new album called Eagle Flight. So I can't wait to bring you this interview with Dean Castronovo. But before we do that, let me just remind you to go to michaelsrecordcollection.com where there are links to everything. You can link to everything there, including signing up for my free newsletter. You can get it in your email every week, no charge. You can also link to my Patreon through there where you can find out what bonuses you can get for supporting this independent podcast. And all my social media links are there as well. So go to check it out, michaelsrecordcollection.com. You can also email me at michaelsrecordcollection at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Mike's Records. And it's Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, and also TikTok. But I hardly ever TikTok. All right, with that out of the way, let's talk to Dean Castronovo of Journey and Revolution Saints. Here we go. Welcome to Michael's Record Collection. I'm very happy to have with me drummer from the iconic band Journey, from Bad English, from Revolution Saints. Dean Castronovo is with me. Dean, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, brother man. <laughs> so I want to ask you about this new album coming out, Eagle Flight on Frontiers Music, but the first question I always have for my guests is, what was your first favorite record, Dean? My first favorite? Oh, wow. Well, had to be Kiss, Stress to Kill, bro. That that was that was my introduction to wanting to be a musician, was when I, I saw the album cover and went, oh, I want to do that. You know, and I listened to the record, of course, loved the music. Uh, I became an instant Kiss fan, so that was it for me. And then there was a bunch of favorites after that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, but that was that was my okay. This is what you're gonna do for a living. This is what I want to be when I grow up. You know that type of thing. So that was it for me. So did you grow up in a musical family, or were you kind of the first to branch out in that direction? Well, my mom and dad loved music. Um, you know, they my dad listened to Frank Sinatra, Frankie Lane, you know, Tony Bennett. That was his his you know style of music. My mom loved the Carpenters, which was really cool. Karen was a great drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, I, I listened to had music going all, all through the house, but nobody was musically inclined. I don't know where I got it, but it just kind of was bling bestowed, you know? So yeah. grateful for that. Now, you know, I have kids and, uh, I have to think that that, that first conversation about a drum set is a little difficult one to have with parents. How did that go for you? <laughs> well, this is the great thing. My mother, um, I was really hyperactive, very, you know, ADHD, like I am now. And um, back then in the in the early 70s, they were prescribing Ritalin, you know, we'll give kids Ritalin and it'll calm them down. Well, I was on that stuff for about a month and I was like a zombie, just, a, you know, wasn't myself. And my mom was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to take him off this. So 
she took me off of this stuff. I went through full on like a drug addict withdrawals, you know, throwing up, you know, emotional shakes, the whole thing. She got me a drum set, a little tiny, a Mickey beat. You got it at True Value Hardware Store, a little Mickey beat drum set with Mickey on the front, you know, conducting the band. Yeah. And I just dove in and, and I just, you know, played that thing until I was about eight. And um, my parents finally bought me a, a five piece Rogers drum kit, you know, and that's it, dude. I just took off. It was I, I wasn't looking back after that. I just went for it. Now, did so, you have uh, did you have formal lessons or did you just learn on your own? Well, I, I took formal lessons for about six months uh, from a, a gentleman in, in, in Salem, Oregon, where I was from. And he was teaching me to read music. And, and I just, you know, I'd look at the Kiss records and go, well, you know, I'm looking at Kiss Alive going, well, he doesn't have a music stand. He's, you know, a little kid. He's like, well, he's not doing that. And so I, I got out of that and started working with a guy named Mel Brown up in Portland, Oregon, who was the drummer for Diana Ross and the Supremes. You know, so he was a good player. And again, he was trying to teach me to read and he could tell that I wasn't into it. So we, after that, he goes, you know what, let's just play. So we would just play and I would, you know, you know how do you do that? And how does that go? And he would show me stuff. And then after that, dude, it was just like nonstop. I, I just started listening to records. You know, that's how we learned, you know, put on the vinyl, play it as loud as you could on your little realistic stereo from Radio Shack, crank it. And I would be learning his songs. And Rush songs. I love Neil Peart, you know, so I, I tell the world to stage and I take, you know, uh, uh, all the all the records I could find, 2112, and just practice to them all day long. That that was what I did. So that's that's how that worked, you know. <laughs> Great. Uh, tell me about your time in Wild Dogs and, and how you ended up transitioning, meeting Neil Schoen and joining Bad English. Good question. Um, I was in that, I was in, you know, that band, Wild Dogs, we were doing shows up and down the West Coast, you know, um, we were kind of like the 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 metal band to watch back then before it was Motley Crue and all those bands before those those guys came along. And um you know, I was uh I went was working with a guy named Tony McAlpine through Mike Varney, Shrapnel Records. He was the one that brought me in. And um I went into a rehearsal studio, our you know, Tony McAlpine's rehearsal place, and Neil was in there. And he was playing with Tony and, and this keyboardist, Mark Robertson. And they were just jamming and I was freaking out. You know, I love Journey. So sat down and and Neil just started playing riffs and we just started jamming just for the fun of it, just playing and stuff and did about maybe half an hour of that. He goes, Hey, you know, any, any journey stuff? I'm like, ah, I know it all, dude. I love journey. You know? So played all the journey stuff. And I don't know, maybe he walks out of the room. I shake his hand. He walks out. I'm freaking out. He comes back. He goes, come here. You know, I want to talk to you. And I looked, I thought he was talking to my drum tech and he wasn't, it was me. So I walked out, I get in his Ferrari. He's got this wicked Ferrari <laughs> and he puts in a cassette. He goes, you know, I'm going to do a solo record. I'd like you to play on it. I'm like, Oh my God, I'd be honored, man. So a week goes by, maybe a week and a half, something like that. And then he calls, he goes, I'm not doing the solo record, dude. I'm going to go down with John Waite, John Kane, and Ricky Phillips. And, and uh, they want me to come down and play with him. But I told him I wouldn't come down unless you came with me. I'm like, dude, I'm in. So that was it. You know, I went down, played with those guys, got the gig with Bad English, and the rest is history. Everywhere Neil has taken, everywhere he's gone, he's taken me with him. And I owe him a huge, huge debt of gratitude, man. If it wasn't for him, I'd have no career. I owe him a lot. Yeah, what do you think it is about you and Neil that that is so good chemistry wise? What do you think makes you two such good musical partners? You know, dude, I think a lot of it has to do with. I mean, he has taught me a lot. Um, just not only to, you know uh, as a person, but also you know playing uh, how to how to approach a song and, and to play for the song, and you know that's a huge thing. And I, there's just there's something about our chemistry, man. I, I can see him when I'm playing on stage, and I can tell if he's having a bad night or a good night, or if he can't hear, 
You know, they're, they're just certain that just the way he looks at me and, and we know he does the thing when he's like really wanting to tear it up. We I call it wiggly head. He starts doing this <laughs> like, oh, yeah, let's go, man. And then we just start tearing it up. Uh, but I, there's just been that thing. He's, he's like, you know, the brother I never had. I, I you know, I've got you know four brothers, but I'm tight with him. And um, he's just a real solid guy. And, and you know, no gray area. And, and we just hit it off, dude. You know, I look up to him so much. I mean, I played with all those shredder guys and they're all amazing. Marty Friedman, unbelievable. Jason Becker, all those guys. There's something about Neil's playing that just touched me. And I think it's the songs and the way that he approaches songs. And he's taught me so much as a musician. So that's just that thing. It's like Eddie and Alex Van Halen, really. We're tight like that. It's pretty cool. How do you go from Ozzy Os- from Hardline to Ozzy Osbourne? How did how did that transition uh, work out for you? That was weird. I actually went from Hardline. I was playing with Paul Rogers. I, I went on the Muddy Waters Blues tour with Neil and uh, Todd Jensen. You know, the bass player for Journey now. And um, I, I had been I had done the Bad English tour with uh, White Snake, and Steve I was in the band. And Steve had remembered me, and we had kept in touch. And and he goes, Hey. Uh, I'm going to be playing for Ozzy. Would you like to play? Or would you like to audition? I said, God, yeah. You know, that was, you know, just after Paul Rogers. So I went and auditioned um, and got the gig, you know, with Ozzy. So it was kind of interesting how that happened. I mean, it was just like one phone call one day, you know, he had, he had already hired somebody else. But I had already picked somebody else. He thought, no, I think Dean's a better fit for this. So he brought me in. So I was Steve by a lot for that too. So um, that's kind of how that happened. And, and it worked out, you know, Pretty good for a little while, and then you know I got like everybody gets injured in Ozzy's band, but yeah. uh, you know it, it was a it was a good experience. It really was. It was a lot of fun. I got to meet and and work with Michael Beinhorn, the producer, and that was a huge takeaway for me because he kept me working, kept me doing a lot of stuff, and we're really really close friends to this day. I love Michael. When is Ozzy always the Ozzy that we see, or is he a different Ozzy when you guys are doing music behind the scenes? Well, you know, I I didn't really have a lot of contact with Ozzy. I mean, I, we did, but we didn't. I mean, uh, rehearsals, we come in, we rehearse, and, and he's, you know, Ozzy's very, he's a workaholic. The man, we would run the set four or five times a day. And he was like, okay, let's do it again. I'm like, excuse me, bro. You know, we just like that. He's very, very, his work ethic was unbelievable. Um, you know, and then on stage, of course, he's, He's the madman, you know. We don't really see him before the show. He's getting into his character and stuff like that. So, yeah, Ozzy's basically what you see is what you get, man. There's no pretense. He's Ozzy. <laughs> yeah. Now, you yeah. uh, tell me what what was that phone call like, where you're invited to join this iconic band journey that you you grew up uh, listening to Steve Smith play and all of that stuff. 
Well, for me, dude, I mean, I remember it was um, February 16th. I'll remember, I remember everything. I'm like, February 16th, 98. Get a call from you. He goes, hey, man, you know, uh, what you doing? All that, you know, just the small talk. He goes, we're going to do Journey, man. And he goes, but Perry doesn't want to do it. Are you still in? Would you still want? I'm like, of course I do, bro. I'd be honored just to play with you again. Let's just start playing again. And um, I remember going down and he goes, we're going to get that guy from Tall Story, Steve by Jerry. I'm like, oh, my God. I remember listening to Wild on the Run going, that guy is unbelievable. You know, and so we picked him up and the rest is history. I mean, we went into the studio, did that song, Remember Me, for the, the Armageddon soundtrack. Find myself all alone in darkness without you. Now I can't then went out on the road and, and did a rifle. I mean, it was like all so fast it happened so quickly. Um, you know, and it, it was, it was very difficult in the beginning because people didn't think it was going to be worth the crap. It's like, Oh, without Steve Perry, this is going to suck. You know I mean? Who's going to be able to replace Steve Perry? You know, and, and Steve did an amazing job. Steve and Jerry, I remember we were playing for 500 people a night. That was it. Maybe, maybe 500 people. Going, yeah. Journey. Let's see how good this is. And it, it took a, a lot of work. And a lot of re-educating people like, you know what, you know, Steve was a huge part of this, but the band can continue, you know, hopefully. And we worked our tails off to get where we are today. We really yeah. did. Yeah. I mean, the band existed before Steve and it exists after Steve. So, so far, so good, man. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, one of the projects you did that I enjoyed was Generation Radio, which was a, a recent band with uh, Jay DeMarcus, formerly of Rascal Flats, Jason Shep from uh, Chicago. Uh, yeah. guitarist Chris Rodriguez and um, and Tom Yankton. about what's the and what is the status of generation radio well the cool thing was i it was a, a, i was it was right between i was working with the dead daisies and um i had um i got a call from jay saying hey you know uh i i'm thinking about putting a band together would you be interested in doing it and i said oh god and i'd known jay because we did crossroads journey and, and rap classic crossroads together vh1 crossroads so that worked out really cool he called me and i said i'd love to do it so i flew down and we just started he had a bunch of songs and we started recording instantly putting songs down and 
and, and doing some um, uh, some recording with uh, Jason Sheff, who, wow. I, you know, I knew he was a great singer. I knew he was a monster singer. I didn't realize how amazing of a bassist the guy is. Oh, my gosh, bro. It blew my mind how great he was. And, and to play with him was just like, oh, this is like hand and glove, you know, it just fit perfect. Jason's a monster. So that came about and, and we ended up doing like, I don't know, 12, 13 songs. And, and I needed a lot of help because I, you know, I'd never sang like that country rock thing. I'm, you know, I'm not really a singer. I'm really, I'm a drummer. So, you know, Jason and, uh, helped me a ton producing my vocals, showing me where to go and how to do things on that. And, and uh, we started doing some shows, but then, you know, of course it was right in the middle of COVID and, and everything just took a, uh, a hit nobody we couldn't play we couldn't do anything um and i had i had left the daisies so i was basically sitting out at home you know just working with those guys flying down when we needed to record and coming back and flying back and um so that's how it came out and then, you know they, they the journey thing called they called me again so i you know i love those guys but i i couldn't pass up my gig with journey i just couldn't sure you know? of course uh, now the the fact that you guys are all so busy all of these guys that you've worked with including neil is that kind of why the planet us project kind of fell apart it was going to be three guys that ended up going into chicken foot, Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, Joe Satriani, and then you and Neil. Um, yeah. is, is that what happened with planet us? Everybody was just too busy. Well, we were recording and we did, we had great songs and we were ready to go, bro. We were ready to go. And then uh, what I was told was that Alex and Eddie caught wind of it. And they weren't real happy about it. And so they, they, it was in 2004. So they, they approached Sammy to reunite and do another tour with Sammy. And of course, there you go. Sammy couldn't pass that up. That's, yeah. that's big bank. So, you know, um, so that just kind of died, which was really a bummer. We, we had written three songs. We had recorded three songs. I think they're out somewhere. You can find them on the internet somewhere. But um, yeah, that was a bummer because I was so excited to do that. I mean, you know, working with Sammy and Michael and, and Neil together and, and Satch, of course, Satch was unbelievable. So yeah, that just kind of came and went within like a six to eight month period, just up and then gone. So kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, you, uh, so you're also the front man for Revolution Saints. How, tell me a little bit about Revolution Saints. It's a it's a three piece. You started this thing with Jack Blades from Night Ranger, and um, Doug Aldrich, uh, tell me how that started up. And I know that I know there was some um, the uh, Sergino from uh, from Frontiers was was uh, involved in some way. Yeah, well, actually, Serafino had approached Serafino. me. Yeah, in um, I don't remember what the year was, 2012 or 13. Said I want to do a solo record with you, and of course, you know, uh, Irving Athoff and, and John Barrick, our managers, were like, "Well, yeah, let's see. You know, keep yourself busy, and and we're busy with Journey right now, but we'll we'll you know look at it when when you're off." So it became a, a solo record at first, and they they hired Jack and Doug. They 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 were asking me, "What do you think?" I said, "All perfect match. I love both those guys." And then uh, they said, "Well, instead of making a solo record, why don't we make it a band?" And and Jack came up with the name Revolution Saints, and um, we just started writing. Or you know, with with Alessandro, they had the songs written, but um, and Doug and Jack had put their, you know, they'd get the songs and polish them up and make them sound like us, you know. And it became me playing drums and singing, uh, but now it's morphed into me, you know, actually fronting the band, which I'm scared to death to do because <laughs> I've never done it, you know. So, but that that's kind of where we are now. Is is we're going to get another drummer and we're going to do some live shows and. And, uh, you know, schedules permitting, obviously, but, uh, you know, we, we're going to see this through. I've got to see this through. 
So that's kind of where it went. Serafino was the one that picked Joel and Jeff when and Doug and Jack decided to leave. So it's it's kind of like the brainchild of Serafino and Alessandro is the main songwriter, Alessandro Del Vecchio. Incredible. Yeah. So yeah, Alessandro's he is a busy man. He's he does a lot of writing, a lot of recording, a lot of producing. Uh yeah. he always seems to have his hand in everything. Had yeah. you now, I know you had done backing vocals throughout your career. Was there this lurking voice in the back of your head saying, I want to I want to sing my own songs at some point? No. It was thrust upon me, bro. Uh, Steve Jerry was having throat issues on the Def Leppard tour. He was having issues with his voice. And they were like, well, man, we need to give him a little bit of a break, you know, get him some time. He's singing the whole set. And they said, why don't you, you know, sing a couple of songs? You know, they knew I could sing and they knew I loved Perry. So, you know, they, they threw me... Um, uh, to start with, they they threw me Mother Father to start with, which is, you know, and I love that song. It's one of my and favorite songs. <laughs> one, of my, one of my very favorites. Well, one of mine too, dude. I, I've always loved that song even before I was singing it. Mm -hmm. So it was that and, and uh, Keep On Running. Those are the songs I do. Or Where Were You? I do those songs. And then once Steve, you know, was like, it's, he couldn't do it. They were like, well, you got to sing the hits, bro. We got we to gotta deliver these things. So they had me singing um, uh, Faithfully, Open Arms. And who's crying now? This is daunting, bro. But behind the kit, easier behind the kit. I got my little fortress. I don't got to worry. Nobody's looking at me, you know? And and um, so that I would say it was thrust upon me. I didn't want that, that responsibility. And even to this day, it's not. I love it when my voice is good. But my voice, you know, I'm a smoker and I... I love my Red Bulls. You know, it's like, I don't, I'm not as disciplined as these lead singers are. They're so disciplined and they got to, you know, they, you don't drink this and you got to not talk after the show. It's like, are you kidding? I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to do that. So, um, to be a lead singer for me, dude, I, I mean, I love doing it, um, but I can never do it like Arnell and, and Jeff Casoto and Steve's done. They're, they're, that's what they've been doing for 30 years. I've been playing drums. I got that not down but i know how to play drums at least singing so new to me so i'm gonna give it a shot though well you know I, i'll try it up in the front but i feel like ricky bobby dude it's like i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> <laughs> like, i'm used to yeah. playing drums like i'm my drums it's like yeah, uh... it's, it's different when you're drumming you have something to do with your hands you know you always know where your hands are going to be <laughs> exactly this is like so <laughs> scary yeah. So have you been watching video of some of your favorites to see what it is that they do with their hands? And, and, and Well, you know, <laughs> that's great. I actually, I sent the first video I ever did as a front man, like up there, I sent it to Paul Stanley, who's a good friend of mine. And, and I said, dude, this is, you know, scary. I've never done this. And, and, uh, you know, I, I hope it's okay. Do you have any advice? And he did. He texted back and said, you know what, bro, you're singing with power. Get a mic stand. You know, you got to have something to, to, you know, move around with, and I, you know what? That's a good idea. But the rest of the bit, we had shot all those videos, five videos in four days. You know, it's the it's the Serafino Frontiers way. Go yeah, get them yeah. all done. So, and I didn't have a, a microphone stand on any of those um, those songs for the video. So next ones we do, I'm gonna get it. I'll get the mic stand. But you know, Paul to me, I mean, my three favorite singers: Steve Perry, Ronnie Dio, and Paul Stanley. Those were the guys I listened to. So you know. For Paul to, to give me that kind of feedback, I'm going to take everything he says because he, to me, he's the best frontman on the planet. I mean, nobody touches him.
Where did you meet Paul? Paul came to a show in, in 2000 when we were in Las Vegas doing the um, the um, uh, Live in Las Vegas, you know, the DVD. I think it was 2000 or 2001. Um, and he was there. It was funny. He was there with his wife. Um, I think it was Aaron. Um, and um, my son, Kyle, who's 10 at the time, was sitting behind me during the show. And we uh, we were just about to, to do the last song before the encore. And Kyle, like, he's dad paul stanley's over there i'm like oh kyle i thought he was joking you know I'm like buddy we're recording he's like right because dad really he's there i'm like all right all right you know so anyway we do our last song we go to bow i come down and there's paul i get on my knees literally and i'm like this just bowing and the whole band knew that he was coming but they knew not to say a word because i would have gotten red light fever i would have sucked i would have been so nervous you know what i mean so um yeah that that's when i met paul and after that he was a big fan he just he'd always come to the journey shows and and he's always been really really cool to me you know and i'm a horrible fanboy you know so uh, i've just you know i got his number i don't call him i leave him alone because you know i mean he's he's paul freaking stanley he's a god you know yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's you know he, he's always been tight with me you know that's great that's great you got yeah. to Sometimes it's okay to meet your heroes, you know? <laughs> Dude, he, he's the quintessential. He's a rock star. He commands respect, and he's, but he's a down-to-earth good man, you know? A lot of people don't see that side of him. and I've been fortunate to see that, that humble, kind guy, you know? He's a great guy. So you touched on this a minute ago. I was going to ask you about this. You, um, so Jack leaves the band, and, and, and Doug leaves the band, and then you get in uh, – Jeff Pilson and Joel Hoekstra. I mean, unbelievable musicians, all world-class, the guys that left and the guys that came in. Um, yeah. You talked a little bit about them um, wanting to leave. Was that just a matter of scheduling or were were, were they just ready to move on? Uh, how how did that new kind of break? It's all of the above, bro. I mean, it was scheduling. We couldn't ever do live shows. Um, you know, obviously they're busy, you know, with uh, Night Ranger and Doug's got his projects, Dead Daisies and, and Burning Rain and, and mm. stuff like that. Um, and I think a lot of it was frustration too. I mean, they, you know, we wanted to write more with Alessandro and, and come together and the songs were usually just done with, you know, Doug, Doug would help and Jack would help. They would do that, but it wasn't really there. Like, these are my songs. This is my song. And you know what I mean? We always had outside writers, which is kind of what revolution Saints sound is anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think they got frustrated in that and uh, they just thought, you know what? We've done, you know, three records. Let's stick a fork in it and, and call it a day. So I didn't know what we were going to do. I thought, well, maybe we just go back to this, the Dean Ketchum solo record idea. And Serafino goes, well, let's let's keep this thing rolling. And so Serafino picked Joel uh, along with Doug. Doug had recommended Joel to Serafino. And uh, Serafino picked uh, Jeff. And I've known both those guys forever. You know, I've known Jeff since the 80s. And, and Joel, you know, Night Ranger and and. Uh, journey and foreigner on the road and that's how i got to meet joel so chemistry wise it was already there and music wise you know this new record proves that they, they you know they have a lot of input and in i know joel did get a lot of input with Sarah or with um, alessandro writing the song so that helps
Jeff's worked uh, with Serafino, also with Black Swan. So yeah, there was a, dude. A he's a bad boy, here. Jeff. People don't know how 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 important and vital Jeff is to Foreigner. I mean, he's the musical director in that band, so he runs the show there. And, you know, and he's he's arranging and making sure everybody knows the parts and stuff like that. And an incredible songwriter, incredible human being, and he sings his butt off too. So it's like, you know, there's our singer. You know, we're doing good. Yeah, second show I ever saw in my life. Jeff Pilson was up there because it was uh, it was Sammy and the opening band was Dokken. Ooh, no way. See, yeah. I remember when Jeff was in a band called Cinema with Mike Varney. You know Mike Varney, yeah. the travel guy? Mike was one of the guitarists in that band Cinema and Wild Dogs opened a couple of shows for Cinema. And that's how I got to meet Jeff. But it was just a brief meeting. Like, oh, yeah. And then I knew he was in Dawkins. I was like, oh, my God, Dawkins. You know, I was a big Dawkins fan. I love George and I love Jeff's playing. So, you know, thank goodness we got some good guys that I know, you know, that yeah. I got some history with. So this Eagle Flight is your is the fourth Revolution Saints album. Is this one, was this done, everybody in their home studio, that kind of thing? Yep. Same thing as usual. That's usually it saves money. And COVID at that time, I wasn't going to fly to Italy. There was no way I was going to go to Italy. I was like, you guys, <laughs> let me just do this here. So, you know, um, the, the demos were done. Joel had been working with Alessandro and Alessandro had been working with some outside writers in Sweden and stuff, writing stuff. So Joel had a lot of, uh, played a part in the sound of this thing. Um, you know, they gave me the, the demos, the demo drums with Joel's guitar already on it. Uh, I think demo bass. And I just went in and I I did actually two records. I did the the you know Eagle Flight and there's another one that's already in the can that's finished that'll be out next year. Um, uh, I did those in like I think 15 days and then I was out on the road with Journey. I mean we did the the the, the tracks, did the vocals, and I was gone with Journey. Um, so yeah, that's you know that's kind of how we got it done and 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 it's working out that way. It's, it's great to just have a studio that I can work in. I got one in Portland. I go up in, I just set my kid up and we just plow. It's a lot easier that way. And it saves a lot of money too. Cause Frontiers doesn't have a big budget, you know? Yeah. Now are you guys off the road now for the freedom tour? Is that a wrap? No, dude, I'm, I'm actually in <laughs> Dallas, Texas on a day off. So I got a day off today, tomorrow, Springfield. We'll be done on the 27th of april we got about two weeks off and then we're back out again until july 2nd so we're busy busy <laughs> so and then after that i get to be home i get to be grandpa and and, and husband and uh, dad and puppy watcher you know that's my job <laughs> there you go so now tell me a little bit about the sound of, of revolution saints because for me this is a band that rocks but there is a i want to say a a fairly heavy similarity in in style to the heavier journey songs of the of the 80s
that the intent? Uh, is is that kind of the the music that's in your wheelhouse? It is, bro. I mean, I think that that Serafino is a huge Journey fan. He loves Journey. So, and and my voice is very similar to Steve Perry's. Not, you know, definitely not close, but I mean, it's close enough to where I can pull off some of the songs. Um, and he wanted us to go in that like a harder journey direction. Mm-hmm. I think with this new record, though, with Joel and and Jeff in it, it's gone a little. I hate to say darker, heavier, but it is a little darker, a little heavier. It's not so pop rock. You know what I mean? And actually, I'm starting to find myself as a singer now. My own myself instead of well, Dean sounded like Perry on this, and man, this that and it's very Perry esque because I robbed I robbed Perry blind. I love him; he's my favorite, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, for me to be able to come into my own on the, on this record, it's it's good, you know. I, I I need to find my, you know, every singer sounds like a certain guy, and then they they find themselves. I'm just now finding myself at 58 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just trying to figure it out now. So I'm doing doing okay so far. Better late than never. Plus, you didn't really want that to begin with. It was just kind of like you said; it was thrust yeah. upon you. So yes, it was. Yeah, I hate to have that gig. <laughs> so it's Dean Castronovo on lead vocals and drums. Joel Holkstra from White Snake and Trans Siberian Orchestra on guitars. Jeff Pilson from Foreigner, Black Swan, X Dawkin on bass, and guest musician Alessandro Del Vecchio on keyboards and backing vocals. And he also produced the album. And um, terrific writer, terrific uh, you know, singer, terrific musician all of that uh i think that you're right about this particular revolution saints album being a little heavier a little darker and for me that feels like the joel and jeff influence because they have a heavier sound and and joel is a such a terrific metal type uh guitar player uh fantastic soloing and in fact i i marked down uh, the one that i really liked uh his solo on was um was need each other. I think he just fantastic, just fantastic on that one. He blows it out of the water with that solo. Dude, he's a monster. I mean, I love Doug. Doug is a monster player. Doug is like a late seventies. He's that really like almost like the Paige Hendrix, you know, slinky. You know, he he shreds as well. But he's definitely got a dirtier edge to him. Where Joel is very smooth, fluid shredder. Just you know, he's he's that kind. But yeah, when he writes, I mean, the songs that he's he's he been a part of. There's definitely some some balls there, you know, and I love that about him. You know, he's just a great player, and he can do anything. The man's, you know, he's a consummate musician. It's awesome, really yeah. cool. I have to say, yeah. So, where did this album start for you? What was the first song you guys worked on, or or that you worked on, uh, at least? You know what, dude? It's been a year, so I I gotta remember. Um, I can't remember. At that point, we didn't know what the titles were. They were working titles, mm-hmm. so I didn't know what the titles were. I. God, what was the first one? You know what, bro? I don't remember. All I know is they gave me the demos, and I went right down the list. Whatever was on the list, I did. And I know it's not the order that that is on the record. So mm-hmm. all I know is I went in. Okay, let's go. What's the I, I take? I listened to it three times through, and then recorded. You know, so I don't remember what the first one was or the last one. All I know is I had to do twenty three of them in like <laughs> six days. <laughs> And I did it. <laughs> so now when you get the demos, are those coming from Alessandro? Yeah. Yep. They're done. Um, usually um, it's it's uh, a V drum kit. Like Alessandro plays drums. So he plays the drums on them um, for the demos. And then this time, though, Joel actually played guitar on, on these and, and finished his guitar stuff first. So I had a really good idea what Joel was going to do. And um, and then, they yeah, they sent it to me. Jeff hadn't done bass. It was already Alessandro playing bass. And I just go in with a click track. Listen to it once and then listen to it with the table and play along on the table, right? Just to get the arrangement and then go in and record it. And that's that's what we did. All one takes, maybe two takes at the most. Pretty cool. 
Now, did you write the lyrics? Nope. No. Dude, that's the thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm <laughs> terrible. My lyrics are like Weird Al Yankovic. You know, they're really dumb. I don't, <laughs> I don't do them. So I, 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 I've just never been a, a. You know, I did one song. I did um, Freedom off of um, Light in the Dark. One song, but that was it. I'm, I'm just not. I'm not good with words like that. That's just not who I am. So I let Alessandro do that. He knows me well, and he does a great job at that. So no. okay. So now you sang, and Alessandro provided some backing vocals did you also lay down some of your own harmonies a little bit yeah there's that usually alessandro has all that stuff done i mean in the first couple records with, with uh, revolution saints i was doing the backgrounds and then this time it was like you know he would do them all and it just sounds great and i put a few here and there and but you know alessandro does such a great job you know and he sounds so similar to me you know it, it just it just molds in and it saves time so yeah this time it was just me going in belting out the lead vocal and taking it off you know yeah What are some of your favorite moments on this album for you? Well, you know, I love Eagle Flight. That one is one of my favorites. And honestly, my probably my favorite of, of all of them is Crime of the Century. There's just something about that song. I wanted that one to be the first single. I thought, man, that would be a good, powerful first single. But I don't have that choice. So, you know, I let, I let Serafino do that. But those are my two favorites. I think, you know, Eagle Flight, because it was it, it was the first single off the record. And, and it just came out. It was really powerful. And um, Crime of the Fifth Century has just got a cool vibe to it. It's a hooky one. It's got such a big hook. I love that one. It sticks to your head. So those are my two favorites. Yeah. I could hide from the things in the walls I'd take. I could fight to the end. Pay the price for the laws I have broken. Through the night, all alone, like a demon chains I am falling. Gotta break through the walls just to find that my heart is still beating. I'm nowhere out of bounds, shooting rounds and rounds to round it. No more walls to climb. Get out to get me for the crime of the century. They say I'm guilty to the crime of the century. Got the best road from Memphis to the ground, and I kept on running forever. I guess I'm guilty to the crime. Eagle Flight was the first uh, single. It's the it's the first song on the album and it's 
it's got an interesting beginning because you guys start this like it's a ballad and then it yeah. busts into this harder edge song. And and I just was curious, is that just something that that Alessandro stuck in there? Was it always part of the song? It was always a part of the song. Alessandro wrote it that way. I mean, he's a great keyboardist as well. That guy can do anything, man. So, it, you know, to see him create is pretty unbelievable. But, you know, he had a vision for it. And he, I, I remember hearing the keyboards. I go, okay, that's pretty. When do I come in? You know, that one, and then it's got the, the cool, you know, cymbals and drums. And, and you come in and just kill it. But it's got a nice, it's just got a nice chunky, you know, just drives right home. I love that. I love that about that too. Yeah. I just have a question about your you as a vocalist. Now, when you... Uh, started to do some songs and do some lead vocal uh, work on your own in your studio. Did you have, I mean, I, you talked about Steve Perry, but did you have other guys that were in, in your mind that you kind of admired and you sort of maybe borrowed a little bit here, here and there from? Well, I'm, I'm a huge Dio fan as well. So Perry, Ronnie Dio was one of my favorite singers. And honestly, Paul Stanley, I, I love the way that, you know, he sang. he's just got a really cool vibe with the kiss songs and, and, um, so those are my three guys. And I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. I think you hear more of Steve Perry in me than you hear Dio and stuff like that. But when I get into the rockier stuff, you can definitely hear the Paul Staley and the, and the, and the Dio stuff. So there's definitely a vibe of Dio on, on some of these, especially playing like Eagles, you know, Eagle flight. I just got to, you know, it's got that, nah, you know, that little <laughs> bit of growl in there, you know, which yeah. I don't use very often, but it works for that stuff, you know? Yeah, that's, that's true. The, I, I think people who have not heard you do singing with journey, would be surprised at how how journey-esque these songs can sound. And I think a lot of that is attributed to the style that you're, you're bringing to the vocals rather than really necessarily the music itself. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, man. I mean, I'll never be able to get away from it. Steve was my favorite singer of all time. I mean, and I've robbed him blind. I'm not close. Nobody's as close. I mean, he's unbelievable. Um, but I've always loved his style. And, and I, I, if I could be like any singer, I'd love to be like him because he's just so, so amazing. Guy can do anything. Just amazing. Yeah. So this album, Eagle Flight, when it comes out, people buy it, put it on, they listen to it. You can get the vinyl or the CD. What happens when, when they listen to this album, your listeners hear this thing start to finish? What kind of a reaction do you want them to have? What, what do you want them to take away from that listening experience? I, I want them to be able to put it in their car. In the summer, crank it, drive fast. You know what I mean? Pick up their girlfriend, go to a movie, whatever. You know, it's to me, it's it needs to be a soundtrack to, to people's lives. And I know it's not gonna be to the younger generation. They they they're in their hip hop thing, and God bless them there. You know, for people like us, it'll take us back, you know, my age, your age, take us back to when we were teenagers. And and that's kind of what we want to do. You know, you want to go back to the good old days because the days right now are not so good, you know? So let's take them back to remember when it was great and, and, and people were having a beer at the park and it was sunny out and, and, you know, girls were in their bikinis and, you know, it was a good time back in the eighties, man. I, you know, I lived it. I loved it. It was, you know, kids that, that don't know the eighties, they missed out on a really cool, a really cool decade. I mean, cause it was musically and everything, everything was amazing back then, you know, even when it was bad, it was amazing. So I want them to take that. Remind them of, man, what it was like to be 17, you know, hanging out at your local park, you know, and everybody, you know, sneaking a beer, you know, before the cops came, that type of thing, you know, that, that was, that's kind of what I want them, them to take that away, you know, and remember how great it was. And the music was great back then. I don't care what anybody says, man. Oh, hair metal, man, man. You know what? It was great, period. All of it. All of it. So I was just fortunate to live in that time. Very fortunate. 
We all were. And I think that's a, a good place to, to call it to uh, these proceedings to an end. I know you got some other stuff to do, but uh, yep. you know, this album Eagle flight on frontiers music, uh, you can already awesome. sample four of these songs. You can get the, get the, uh, get the music pre-ordered at frontiers music shop, probably on Amazon as well. Vo- uh, visit the band, facebook.com slash revolution saints. And on Instagram, it's revolution saints official on it. Instagram. Uh, Dean, do you have your own Twitter or Facebook that people can follow? Yeah, I've, I've got Dean Capsonovo official. I've got uh, DJ, Dean J. Capsonovo on Instagram. And Twitter is uh, Dean the Drummer. So, yeah, you can find me in all those places. But I don't – I've got a lady that runs those things. I, I answer questions and stuff like that. But it's so hard. She puts up pictures and she does all the cool stuff because I'm so darn busy. And i got to be honest, as much as I know it's necessary to have social media, I'm not the biggest fan. You know, I, you know, it's, it's, I have a love hate relationship, you know, they love me. I hate it. (laughs) I think we all do. I I think we all do. I love the fans, man. I love the fans. It's just, you know, I've never been a a technical guy with all that kind of stuff. And that's why I let my friend Karen, she runs it. She handles it. And if there's questions, you know, send questions, I'll answer them. She says them to me and I'll answer them. But I try to stay off of that stuff and just, you can get married to that stuff, dude. When you're just on it all day long, I've seen people just all day long. Uh, I got a life. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got kids. I got grandkids. I got a yeah. wife. I got a job. It's like, I don't have time for it. You got you know? stuff to do. <laughs> yes, sir. I got to make the donuts, bro. <laughs> right. well, this is this has been fantastic. I would love to have you back on just to talk about the first Bad English album alone. That that could fill a whole hour easily. But uh, Dean Castronovo of uh, Revolution Saints and, of course, with Journey, now the longest tenured drummer in Journey history. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on, bro, and helping me. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for being such a, a, a staunch fan of the Revolution Saints, man. I appreciate it. And Journey. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash michaelsrecordcollection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>